Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. This is the State of California. Doug Sovereign is away today. The deadline for candidates to file for the California primary elections is today, this following a hectic month of redistricting and campaign launches. So how are things shaping up as we begin the push to November? We're going to talk more about it. We are going to turn to the KCBS Ring Central Newsline and speak with Jeremy White, Politico reporter and co-author of the California Playbook. Jeremy, thank you for talking to us this afternoon. Redistricting is sure making things interesting. When you look at, at all the changes and the shifts, what do you find most interesting? I think one of the big storylines of the last few months since these new maps came out has been the sheer number of members of the state legislature in particular who have moved on, either deciding to run for other things, retiring or resigning midstream in a couple of cases. There are other factors at play other than just redistricting, but that is a major one. And we have seen dozens of people who uh, at the start of 2021, we're sitting in the state legislature in one way or another announced that they are not going to be there at the start of 2023. You point out that there are going to be no Democrat versus Democrat incumbent clashes this time around. Are you surprised? A little. Um, You know, with redistricting, it was all but inevitable that some of these incumbent state lawmakers and indeed uh, members of Congress would get drawn into the same districts. There were several of these races in which it looked like these incumbent Democrats were going to go head to head. But uh, at times, with the help of legislative leadership, they managed to diffuse some of those challenges. Now, that isn't to say that we're not going to see some same party clashes in other types of races. But in terms of two sitting members of the legislature having to duke it out over one seat, that has been averted. And then uh, California lost a House seat this cycle because of its slow population growth. But we then saw essentially both of the Congress members representing that area, Lucille Roybal-Allard and Alan Lowenthal uh, in the Long Beach, Los Angeles area, both retire. Of course, we now have two Democrats, a state assemblywoman and the mayor of Long Beach vying for the one consolidated seat. But certainly there could have been more intra-party strife than we have ended up seeing. Jeremy, you write in the playbook that up to 35 state lawmakers who started the 21-22 session in the legislature are going to be gone by next year. I look at that number and I think all these people spent so much money and time getting elected. Do that many people not like serving in the legislature? I mean, what has changed? It seems like a lot of folks. You know, what's especially wild about that is that two of them resigned essentially effective immediately. So didn't even want to finish out another year of their term. They just said, I'm out of here. Those are kind of the outliers, though. In a lot of cases, you see members who are either running for something else, whether that's a seat in the House, perhaps a Board of Supervisors seat, or you see members who were drawn into a seat where they were going to have to go up against a fellow Democrat and decided, 
okay, not worth it. I should also note that a lot of these members who have decided that to not seek another term one way or another um, were facing term limits in 2024. So they could have hung on, assuming they would win another term for a couple more years. But in a lot of cases, particularly if there was another job available to them, I think they made the calculation to better to um, have something now and give up those final two years in the legislature than go into that final term not knowing where you might land. Let's talk about the statewide races. We'd be remiss not to at least touch on the gubernatorial race, and yet that's not shaping up to be much of a contest, is it? I don't think anybody thought it was going to be much of a contest after Governor Newsom so overwhelmingly crushed the recall attempt. Um, what is notable is that not a single one of the prominent Republicans who challenged him in the recall, hoping to succeed him, is now running in 2022. Uh, so there are, of course, some other folks challenging him, um, perhaps most notably Republican State Senator Brian Dolly. But a lot of people thought that that recall was going to be sort of a tryout or a preview of some of the folks who might challenge the governor in this regularly scheduled election, particularly former San Diego Mayor Kevin Falconer, a fairly centrist Republican seen by a lot of the sort of establishment Republican types as their most viable bet to win a statewide office. He didn't do particularly well in that recall. He was um, millions of votes out from being the top replacement vote getter. And so I think you look at that outcome uh, both how the Republicans fared, how Gavin Newsom fared, and then just sort of the lack of um, a will to do this again on behalf of a lot of the Republican donors after taking their shot and falling short in 2021. And it really all adds up to a gubernatorial race without a lot of energy and with a widespread assumption that the governor is going to waltz to a second term. So when talking about statewide races, is it the race for controller where Republicans actually have a shot of winning? I would spotlight two. I think the race for controller is certainly one of them. Um, Lan Hee Chen, a um, you know, young, fairly dynamic guy, um, very you know, smart person, um, seen by a lot of folks as uh, having some real potential to break through. And I am keeping a close eye on the attorney general's race. Uh, the incumbent, Rob Bonta, a progressive who was appointed by Gavin Newsom to fill the role after Javier Becerra left, um, is going to have to contend with a lot of concerns out there about crime. He may end up facing a Republican uh, former U.S. attorney named Nathan Hockman in the general election. He may end up facing a Republican turned independent, the district attorney of Sacramento, Anne-Marie Schubert, technically not a Republican, but certainly more conservative uh, but at the same time, somebody who with that independent label could really have a shot, I think, if she makes it into that general election. And so if you're thinking about it in terms of folks hoping to sort of break that Democratic monopoly on statewide office, I would say those are the two in which I think there is the most hope of accomplishing that goal. Germany, let me squeeze in one more question, and that would be the national congressional races. As you point out in your piece today, California will again have a chance to uh, help say which party controls Congress. That's right. There is a handful of races in California. We really see this core of contested seats that have flipped between parties uh, a few times in the last few cycles. So uh, Republicans, Young Kim and Michelle Steele uh, and um, Mike Garcia in the Los Angeles, Orange County area. You see Democrats who were elected in recent cycles uh, like Josh Harder in Central Valley, Katie Porter in Orange County. So there's certainly, you know, a half dozen seats or so 
um, that are going to be heavily contested, that are going to see a lot of money, including uh, from national donors, because every seat counts when you're talking about House majority, and California is certainly going to have a role in that. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Our guest, Politico reporter Jeremy White. You can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available at kcbsradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.